Hey, how y'all doing, man? Hope you're having a great night. Um, just, just grateful to be here. Um, my name is Deontay, um, a.k.a. Big Sir, here on behalf of Another Chance Foundation. We want to be the voice for the community and the prisoner. We seek to stay up to date with information and share with those behind bars and loved ones who care for them. Another Chance aims to be the bridge that keeps both parties unified. We must never neglect the prisoners of our country or forget to encourage the families in our communities that are impacted by the removal of said loved ones from their free world. We will do our absolute best to keep you all informed, and more than anything, may we all stay in prayer that this too shall pass. And with that being said, let's open up with a word of prayer. Father God, so grateful for this time. I'm grateful for another opportunity to come before you, Lord. Um, man, just just, just knowing that you are in control, knowing that you are out for you all, Omega, Father God, and, and that you have all of us in your hand dwelling, Father God, as long as we trust in you. That brings me so much uh, confidence, so much encouragement, Father God, in the midst of a time like this. Uh, I just pray that this time is, um, gives people a lot of information um, and very influential for so many. Um, so just thank you for our guest tonight, and thank you for the time we get to share just great news and, 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 and some bad news, but also just information that's put out there uh, with what's going on in our prison community tonight. So we thank you, Lord, for you and all that you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. That being said, I think Ms. Nicole has joined us. Let me see. Hello? Hello? Uh Hello. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Is this Mr. Cole? Yes, it is. Hey, it's great to have you on. Uh, would you just mind sharing a little bit about who you are um, and why you, um, how you heard about another chance? What has you on this call tonight? Um, I heard about another chance for a friend. Um, currently, I am incarcerated at um, Metro Transitional Center. Um, I've been here since October of um, 2019. Um, currently, we're unable to go out to work. We are being quarantined. Um, yeah. Tell us a, a little bit about yourself or your 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 upbringing, maybe as much as you would like to share. Okay, well, I'm 30 years old. Um, I have one daughter. Um, she's eight years old. Um, she's currently with my mother. Um, she has a lot of health issues, so you know by this um all this that's going on right now, you know, it, it has me worried because of how her health issues are. And um mm-hmm. she she's um so she's not able to really go anywhere. Um I really have my mom keeping her in the house. So she's feeling a little isolated because she's not able to go see family members. She's not able to to get out like she's used to and she's not able to understand. She don't understand why she can't go see somebody. And um, mm-hmm. totally I did five years in prison. So mm-hmm. uh, being able to come to the TC is, you know, it's a life-changing experience. How long, how long have you been there? 
Um, I got here October okay, of two thousand nineteen. So I'm I'm guessing you had you had um everything kind of planned out. Um, your goals kind of lined up with with what you wanted to do when you got home, and then the coronavirus happened, and and I just can't imagine kind of how that kind of deterred anything you had planned as it did with so many people. What what kind of mind state I guess are you in right now with everything that's going on? Um, you know, in, in the beginning, it it really like threw me off because, like you say, yeah, there's, you know, so many things I had planned of what I was gonna do, you know, in in, in the aspect like, um, I was gonna relocate to Atlanta, um, just mm-hmm. to keep my job or you know because it's a good job and and I'm stable. You feel me? So being able to yeah. find a place up here. And so now it's like, okay, well, they have a quarantine, so we're not able to go out to work. So even though we're able to, you know, save the money that we have, it's like everything is put on pause now because of all of everything that's going on. And, um, but as of this time, like I'm, you know, I'm taking this time to focus on what I, you know, alternate plans if that's not able to pan out but right. you know I, I feel like everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. and you know there's a bigger picture to it so it's, it's basically like okay God set me down because he's like you know what you you need to, to figure everything out so I'm taking this time to figure out what to do how to go about it and, and just move forward from there Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great mindset. I'm I'm sure there are many people um depressed and kind of broken down, but but for you to to have had your plans kind of thrown out of whack as many had and and coming from your situation and still having a, a clear head and a positive mindset, that's huge. So you're definitely going to be uh successful just just based off of that in my opinion. So just that's good. Um how how has this affected your release plans there? Um, well, honestly, it hasn't. Um, they're actually, they're moving pretty fast to getting the women up out of here right now. You know, they, um, the, we have so many people that have done went home within these past two weeks and it's continuing mm-hmm. to go home. And so it, it's just a, you know, it's, it's a positive feeling, you know, it's, it's a shame that this had to happen for, you know, in order for, a change to come about, but they're yeah. actually releasing the females, and um, it's amazing because my bunkie she actually go home Monday, but um, they're looking at people earlier. So right now they're on the people that go they're supposed to go home in June. They're going home within the next week, week and a half. So my my yeah. PPM is for July. So it, it's no telling when. You know, I could be going home the last week of April to the first week of May. So it, you right know, it's, it's actually a blessing, right? So it's it's a blessing. Yeah, that's good. That's good for sure. What? So I I, I guess I what what are your plans now uh, with with this going on? Once you get home, I know you're gonna want to spend time with your family for sure. Um, but you know, I, I speak to a few different uh, people throughout the week and, and guys are struggling with the thought of not finding work in the midst of all of this. So do you have any plans to, to find work? And I guess you just kind of 
try and go out and fill out applications if you can? Well, um, that is actually a, a big fear of mine because, like you said, you know, a lot of places are not hiring right now. A lot of places are actually shutting down because of how severe and how bad the coronavirus has gotten. So, you know, that, that does, um, it, it scares me. So that's, I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, when, when this first started going on, I was like, well, my job is still open, so, you know, I still have it. And um, when they had quarantined us, it was like, dang. But luckily, you know, we still are able to keep our jobs. And from my understanding, we're supposed to come off quarantine within the next week, week and a half. Okay. So we'll be able to go back to work. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I hope it all works out like that. Um, you know, I think so many people have different ideas of how it's going to play out. I know that the president is pushing to get everything back open. What's your take on this whole coronavirus thing? Um, you know, how how do you think, um, I guess, just what's, what's your thoughts on how it kind of shut the whole world down? <laughs> that's, it, you know, it, it, it's crazy. Um I, I've always been a, a, a germaphobic, so it's like, so I'm extra cautious now. Like even before I, uh, they took us off our jobs, whatever, I um, uh, I would carry gloves in my pocket because oh, wow. I I didn't touch anything without having a pair of gloves mm-hmm. on, and um, uh, you know, just about how. It's just crazy, and it's so crazy about how fast it, it got around. Right. And it's yeah. like, you know, I don't even know how to to describe it. It's definitely hard, to. I had a um, one of my classmates from college was actually living in Wuhan doing some mission work, and he was, luckily, he was, doing some other mission work and wasn't in Wuhan when they put up the barrier and, and trapped everybody in there. Uh, so that's kind of when I started watching it, when it started in China and started praying for it in my church groups and stuff. And, and probably it took maybe like two, three weeks before it had shut America down. So yeah, it was just crazy to see how fast for sure that that went. Um, so you, with you being, um, spending some time inside, do are you aware of anybody? Uh, are you still in communication with any other inmates? Um, or what are they saying about how their prison is being affected by this? Um, I, I've actually touched bases with a few people um, in, in different facilities. Um, I know some people up at uh, Lee Arendelle. Um, I know some people that's at the TC up there. I mean, I, I know a few people that I've been in contact with. And um, they said as soon as he gets in there, like, I talked to this one person. Um, he was telling me how they was moving the people that got the coronavirus in their dorms and, you know, not oh, well. thinking about putting them at risk. And so now they got the whole facility on lockdown and they can't move. Nope. They got them locked in their rooms. They can't come out at all. They come out, I think, like one hour a day, and that's just for them to shower. And they got it to where so many rooms come out at a time. Mm-hmm. And um, he said it's it's just bad in there. And um, 
they really not doing nothing about it. They not yeah, able to get sold. They 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 not able to get cleaning supplies. Like they're not. Yeah. I and to you know to be honest, I don't even think really the DOC was really prepared for this. You know, I think they just thought, oh well, you know, they ain't gonna get it, but they didn't take the the precautions and, and make sure that everything will be put in place in case something like this happened. That's for sure. And the, the crazy thing is they could have definitely set up something where they monitored because it's only certain people that's coming in and out of prison. They could immediately shut down visits and made that, that all like a Wi-Fi Zoom call kind of deal and just monitored all the COs and the warden and the nurses and stuff that's coming in and out, checking their fevers and stuff like that. Like, everybody was just, like, waiting for something to pop off, and now it's spreading everywhere, and now people are trying to catch up, but it's kind of too late at this point. So, yeah, I wish they would have acted a lot sooner. Well, see, in this stuff, I know, like, here, for example, you know, we were still going out to work, and, um, but it had got to, and, and it's sad to say, but it took a lady here getting the coronavirus before they even took action, um, you know, so when we was able to go out, um, probably the week at when she, you know, came in and she was sick, um, they started taking our temperatures when we were leaving, when we would come back. Um, you know, they they made us, they still make us wear the face mask and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But uh, even with the staff, they do that now. Like they check their temperatures, and if, if they have a temperature, they can't even come in the, the building. But yeah. um. It is just you know they they don't take the the precautions and stuff and you know they had been when when all this first started happening they been shut our visitation down, um, yeah. and then they had stopped us from going on past. So it, it's like, but it was like my counselor told me today when you constantly got you know like the staff coming in, you know that puts everybody right. that's in that facility at you know, at risk. That's even right. within a prison because, you know, a prison is only so big. And once one person gets it, and if you have a low immune system, nine times out of ten, you're going to catch whatever it is that's coming around. So if you got yeah. an officer coming in with it, you're liable to get it. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, they just, they think it's a game. They don't realize how serious it is. For sure. And, you know, to even to be, like, transparent, I was, when this initially started, I'm 26, so I, I was one of those guys that was like, well, it ain't really that big of a deal. Like, but then once people in my family ended up getting it and went in the ICU and then one of my close uh, brothers, his nephew got it and he has a ton of health issues. Um, so I knew if, um, well, they thought he had it, and they put him in the ICU, and I knew if he really had it, um, there wasn't any way he was going to live. So once it really affected people that I knew, that's when I got way more serious about it. So I think that was maybe God's way of kind of waking me up about everything. Yeah, I, um, uh, they're, um, 
there were several several people that I know that actually has it. And you know, I and I know actually a guy now, he's actually fighting for his life due to this whole coronavirus. And uh he he's been in and out of the hospital the past month and when he first went in they was like, Oh no, you're okay. They sent him home. Um when he went back to the hospital, they ended up putting him in ICU, and it's, it's been a battle for him. And so now he actually, um, he, he's coming around. Um, he, he's doing a whole lot better, but he's still in the hospital. So I, I've had a few, um, a few classmates, uh, a few people I actually know and close to um, actually battling right now. Yeah. So it's um it it's just been you know it, it's a life changing experience. It's it's something that um that's gonna forever change the world. Yeah, it really is. It's gonna be in the history books for sure. Um, it's weird to kind of be experiencing it. What what um what what do you think will be the I guess the new normal. Do you see us going right back to kind of going to bars and people going to basketball and football games? When do you think we'll be back to some form of normality? You know, I, it's crazy because I, you know, I, I've been reading those, you know, I've been trying to keep updated on, you know, just what's going on out there. And um, it's it's crazy because they say it could take up to 18 months before stuff actually starts back getting to a normal routine. And uh, I think people are still going to be skeptic. I think people are still going to be afraid that it's still out there. And, um, you know, it, it may take a year, two years before things actually start back going the way they used to be. You know, because yeah, I'm I'm pretty yeah. sure that some businesses even, you know, this is a loss for them. You know, yeah. some, some places may not even be able to open back up after this. Yeah. You know, and so it, it's just, it, it, right now it's just, you know, I, I think it's a shock to everybody because now nobody knows what, what to really do. Right, yeah, and I, you know, with that, with just going back to this, uh, the the prisoners, um, just the 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 toughness of already having to battle with your record and, and stuff like that, and finding a job and having a lack of resources anyway. To come out to this, um, where everybody's kind of isolation, nobody's hiring. Um, do you have any? Any word of inspiration or encouragement to um, uh, an inmate or someone, anyone getting ready to be released in, into this, and, and they're kind of worried and they're afraid that, that they won't be able to survive out here? <laughs> it, it's, it's funny that you ask that because um, w- one of my best friends, she actually just went home yesterday, and uh, she stopped because I live at the top and she lived at the bottom, but um, she stopped me and she told me she was like, I am so terrified. And, and like I told her, you know, 
continue to strive. Take this time and, and build and, and set your goals out for when when this time is over with, you'll know exactly what you want to do, how you're going to do it, where you're going to do it at, and, and the resources that you – because there's a lot of resources right now that are available to people that are incarcerated, people that are just coming out of prison, and that's what people don't understand. And unless you actually do research on it, then – you won't know that, but do the research on it. Look at your available opportunities and, and just seek, and you'll be able to, you'll make it through this. And, yeah, yeah you may true. not be able to get a job. You may not be able to get a job when you first get home, but guess what? You're going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. What? Another thing, I, I was uh, on Facebook a few days ago and maybe last week now, and, and, and New York had released a ton of um, inmates, and there were people on the page just kind of bashing the, the mayor for doing that and, and saying he made a dumb decision and, and stuff like that. But there are some people that truly just don't understand the um, the impact that this could have in the prisons because they're already not kept that well. And then you have those who are really, really risking their lives being in there. Those older at risk already have underlying health conditions. Um, so what would you say to someone who feels that way, who who's really against anybody being released early that's in the system because they have a charge? Well, this, this is what I think they don't really understand is that they're not letting these people out that uh, has committed murder or, or committed charges against children. They're not letting them out. They're letting the nonviolent. That consists of drug charges. That consists of um, other other minor things. So for you to have the perception of, oh, you know, they're just going to go out here and do this, this, this. You don't know that. You got, you know, a lot of times people come into prison and they come out a whole different person. So before you want to sit here and be like, oh, well, you made a mistake because you let these people out, that's not a mistake. That's giving them another opportunity to better themselves. That's giving them the opportunity to be home with their families. Because this right here is going to change everybody. And, then, and you know, it's, it's, it's a time for the world to come together and stop trying to, you know, downgrade or, or make people feel a certain type of way. People always make mistakes. Right. You know, people, you know, may have made a bad judgment one day. And they ended up in prison. So until you know somebody's story, until you actually sat down and talked to that person, then you don't know what it is. Mm. But there, you you gotta when when they say oh they letting pre people in prison now, y'all not looking at the people that they are letting out. Y'all just looking yeah. at the concept people in prison are getting let out. Not oh, yeah. well, what did they do to you know to get in there? Y'all are just looking at the fact oh, well, they let them out. Right, and the, and just the hope is just to for those prisoners who do get to hear this talk, please take advantage of the opportunity. There was a guy who got released 
recently, Nicole, you may have seen this, but he got out and, and he murdered somebody the next day. And it really makes it look bad for everybody else um, that, that they're trying to release during this time. And I really hope they don't kind of shut down what they're doing because one person didn't take advantage of that opportunity. But if, if anybody is, gets to listen to this, man, I just pray that you take advantage of the opportunity that you get um, to, to, to really um, get out and be helpful. So, Right, because, you know, in, in the prison system, they offer so many different classes. And, you know, it, it's un, honestly, it's classes to better yourself. That's why they give us a caseload. That's why, you know, for they, they want us to complete certain classes and, and to be able, you know, and especially I know if they made it to the TC, then you had to complete your caseload, and, and they thought that you was ready to come back into society. So for yeah. that, and, and just, you know, uh, I'm not sure about that, that story. I ain't even um, looked at anything like that. But, you know, it, it's never no telling, you know, and, and for some people, this may be too overwhelming for them to be out there at this yeah. point in time. So it's just uh, all give and take. For sure, you you are you are extremely um, inspirational, um, and and you have a lot of motivate motivative kind of speech coming out. When did you get to that point? Was were you always like that when you went in, or? Because you speak about opportunities you had in prison, and, and I could talk to somebody else 15, 20 minutes from now, and they're going to be like, well, there's nothing to do in prison. There's no way to reform there. And you're talking about opportunities. You're talking about being successful and setting plans. So where did you get that mindset from? Well, the thing is, um, I, I started my prison sentence off at Leerndale. Um, that's that's where I did my um, diagnostic phase. I was only there for 30 days. Um, once I left there, I went to Pulaski. Um, they have a children's center there. Of course, you know, I have an eight-year-old. Well, when I first caught my charges, she was only two years old. She had just turned two. And um, so I did everything that I was supposed to do to, you know, stay in contact with her to be able to get into the children's center and be able to see her. So that that was my motivation throughout the yeah. whole prison center. That's good. You, you and I mean, the, they, they, the they do, right, they do have, have different programs. Like um, I did the faith and character. So it, it's programs. They, you know, you just got to be willing to, to take up the opportunity. A lot of people don't want to, take the opportunities that are presented to them. What would you tell a um a family member? I mean you 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 spending time in there, what what motivated you? Um, I know it was your daughter, but was there any other family members that did something, maybe phone calls or given to you or note cards or something that gave you hope during your time? What what can a family member be doing right now to keep um, a prisoner knowing that they're loved, um, that people are thinking about them, that, that we're praying for them? Um. <laughs> Oh wow. Um throughout my whole um it's it's for this last year, throughout my whole sentence my dad was my um my my biggest supporter. Um he was there. 
um, visitation. He was there, um, cards in the mail. He, you knew um, exactly who he was. Um, It's just, you know, it's the little things. And being now that you are not able to have visits, you know, there there's the, the videograms, there's video visits, and, you know, it, it's different stuff that you could do now. Yeah. It, you know, and they have JPay, so it, it's always a way to be in contact. Just, yeah. just because you're not able to physically see them, you know, face-to-face, you're able to, you know, you can video visit with them. Right. Well, Nicole, I mean, it's, this has really been a, a great call. You, you gave me an encouragement for sure, just hearing your story and, and um, just seeing how positive you are in the midst of all of this. That's great. Um, I, I, I really hope that God is, is with you through all of this and he's with your family as well and keeps your daughter protected. Um, do Is there anything that we didn't cover during this call that you would want to share? I, I think just I, you know, just keep your heads up. Like don't don't let this you know dictate um dictate your life and, and just keep praying and moving forward and um it'll all work out. You just gotta have that faith. That's great. I, I really I really wanna stay in some form of contact with you. You may be speaking with Miss Anita or I missed to wonder, but I'm definitely going to be asking about you and seeing because I know you're going to be a success story without a doubt with your mindset and just, just how positive you are. And so just prayers over you and your family. And you have a great night. Thanks for joining. All right. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Once again, another just a amazing testimony um, of um, a sister, sister of faith who, who, is positive in the midst of this. Once again, like anybody can be the best leader or super excited or, or full of joy in the midst of everything going well. But a true leader, a true, a true leader comes out in the midst of chaos, in the midst of adversity, when things are going bad. How do you lead? What do you do now? Um, so, man, that is a sister for sure that in the, in the midst of a storm, she is standing firm on what she believes. And she's going to be a solid rock for her family for sure. And she's already encouraging people around her. And I challenge believers. I challenge people all over the world. If if she can have that mindset with her story, then we have no excuse. Uh, we really have no excuse. And so I'm just going to pray us out from that point on because I feel like the mic dropped when Miss Nicole left. Um, and so I'm going to pray us out, and, and um, I just pray that everyone has a great night. So Father God, we're so um, blessed to have had Miss Nicole on this line. And once again, I just pray that you, you touch her family. Um, you continue to pour your strength into her, Father God, and that she's strong and mighty and, and just shines her light so bright in a dark situation. And we love you. We thank you for her testimony and how you've kept her through it all. Uh, we thank you, Father God, that you're in control of this situation. I pray for healing all over the world. I pray for financial breakthroughs all, all over the world, Lord. Be with those who are fighting this disease. Father God, you can heal. You do heal, um, Father God. But, but even if someone passes, I pray that they know you and they have the 
that eternal covering in you. And as they get to meet their Savior in heaven, Father God, and may we love, love in a way that, that just attracts people to know who you are. Uh, we thank you for your guidance, Father. We thank you for your love and your abundant grace and your continual mercy every single day. Uh, we're so amazed at your um, sacrifice for us all, and may we always live in a way that is worthy of your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, I thank you guys and, and girls for joining this call. Um, I pray that it was a great one for you. Y'all be blessed.